That would never happen on here. <laughs> so Good, e <laughs> Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes, and with me, my co-host, Caleb Jenks, uh, reporting to you live from Rosebud, Texas. So uh, tonight, uh, we are going to be talking about raising boys. So uh this is mostly going to be me asking caleb his opinions on the subject since he has raised so many boys in his family oh he's already left us so <clears throat> caleb's gonna come back in so that that was a joke because uh caleb has three daughters uh, apparently god hates him and has cursed him uh with daughters and uh we don't <clears throat> we don't hold that against god as a matter of fact I completely understand. If I were God, I would treat Caleb in just such a manner. But with that being said, um, because of how much God loves me, he's given me five boys. I also have a daughter, but we I have five boys. So tonight's discussion, Caleb said all he was going to really do was kind of just interview me and, uh, you know, have me explain to everybody how I raise my boys. Now, before we jump in, Caleb's having some audio video issues. He, he's going to be here with us in just a second. One of the things you should know is that I am a parent in training. Okay, my oldest son is 13. Uh, there's no way that I could get on here and tell everyone, hey, everybody, this is how you do it. <clears throat> I'm so good at raising kids, and you know, this is just how you do it because all my kids are raised and grown and they're just doing well you know so all i can do is tell you what i have learned and what i have done and the mistakes that i've made and what not to do and hopefully that'll be something that will help everybody uh, as you try to figure out how to raise boys okay caleb did you hear any of that i did i think i got all of it in my phone uh oh really okay I don't know if it was staticky or, or while you were signing in, you might have misunderstood something that sounded like me throwing you under the bus. No, if so that was not like the a case lot of Christian all. love coming from your end. <laughs> God hating me. And you okay, hating good. Me. <laughs> uh, so, <clears throat> so I told everyone that even though you know I can explain to you what I know about raising boys. I haven't written the book on it. My oldest boy is 13. My youngest one is five. You know, so all I can do is is help people along the way with with what I've learned. I, I kind of feel like someone should be on this podcast, you know, who has four or five sons who are grown and they've already been married and we can see their families to get a better picture as far as, you know, what's going on and, and how to do it properly. Anyway, uh, with that being said, uh, Caleb, tell me your thoughts about raising boys, or how would you like to start this evening? Well, um, I'm scared half to death about it because we are <laughs> we are headed into the boy phase of the family. We have three girls, and we're going to be having a boy soon. So I have no idea. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a crash course for me. And right so, now, you're you're coming up to a point where you can no longer just pawn off your kids on your wife and tell her it's her job because they're yeah, girls. Exactly. <laughs> you're actually going to have to start parenting. Oh, yeah. So I guess uh, 
the question had come up last week. Somebody on the podcast last week had asked, I think the question went something like, how how do you raise boys to be godly men in an over-sexualized society or something? I think that was kind of the, the, the comment that she had made or the question she had asked. So I guess what one of my questions would be, whenever she said that, I was like, I don't really know. I mean, is our is our society way more over-sexualized now than it was a long time ago? I mean, God, Sodom and Gomorrah got wiped off the face of the planet for seems like some sexual perversion that was going on clear back then. So, I mean, I think it's been a problem that we've that we've encountered for years. But I guess is there things that you're doing ahead of time with your boys? Um, I'm assuming most of them are still. How's how old is your oldest boy? Oldest one's thirteen. Youngest one is five. Okay, so you got them all the way up to puberty, basically, or maybe yeah. Above, so somewhere. we have yeah. So <clears throat> we have 13, 12, 11, 9, and five. So what is there? You probably haven't really uh, got into much as far as problems yet with them, but is there a lot that you've done leading up to this point to, to try to prepare them to be God-centered men rather than just being focused on the sexualized society? Um, sure. So <clears throat> the uh, and, and I do want to just make it clear that although we're definitely going to hit this part of the discussion because it's a very important part, um, I do want to talk about a couple other parts about raising boys, not not strictly the licentious and, and um, sexualized nature of society today. And to answer your first question, Caleb, <clears throat> I do believe that it's way worse today than it ever was in times past. Uh, uh, you know, just in the history of my life and in the history of the lives of older men that I've spoken to. I'm 41 years old. And when I talk to guys who are 60 or 80 years old who are Christians, I've had several of them say to me, they, uh, they shake their head and they say, oh, brother, uh, you know, to be a young man growing up in, in today's world uh, must be so difficult, you know, compared to when they were a kid. They said there were lots of things that they just never experienced that nowadays younger and younger children are experiencing. And of course, we're talking about the sexual sin, you know, the pornography, we're talking about uh, being sexually active, you know, at a younger and younger age and <clears throat> and just how uh, licentious and lascivious the, the world is, the way uh, people dress and people behave, even in public, you know, the sins of sodomy and homosexuality that really, if you go back 40 years, I mean, it was something that was still uh, shamefully talked about, you know, and nowadays it seems like you can't turn on a sitcom or read a book without one of the ca characters being homosexual and somebody trying to, you know, jam it down your throat. So, <clears throat> so you asked, is there anything that we've done preemptively to try to be successful with our kids? Now I'm going to tell you this. Okay. And and I'm not here to make friends. I think everyone has figured that out. If you've listened to us for even a short period of time, I could care less if you enjoy what I say. My job is to try to shoot straight, give you the truth, tell you what the Bible says. So practically speaking, <clears throat> we have uh, none of our children have cell phones. None of our children are going to have a cell phone until they leave the house and can pay for it themselves. And when I say that, we don't want them having a smartphone and having access to everything that you can find on the Internet. 
And if you're giving those to your kids, then your kids have already been involved with and seen so many things that you would never want them to see. Now, you, you can shake your head and say, no, 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 they're, you know, not in my house. That doesn't work. Yeah, in your house too. Okay, every single person that I know that's gone that route has found their kids watching things, seeing things that they didn't want them to see or even know about. And the, the access to inappropriate material is just so easy uh, if you have uh, the internet. So our kids don't have smartphones. Our kids don't have uh, televisions in their rooms. They don't have a PlayStation or an Xbox hooked up to the internet on a TV in their room. They don't, their access to uh, a computer that's on the internet is only in our dining room. Uh, it's not, you know, in an office or in a bedroom or somewhere where they could be alone and have access to the internet. Because <clears throat> kids are going to be curious. The, the idea that kids are not going to investigate forbidden items, I mean, that's chapters one, two, and three of Genesis. Like, who do we think we are? They're going to pick and eat the fruit. That, that's one of the first lessons in the Bible. So what you do is you keep it away from them. That's what you do. And then you can educate them about issues on your own, on your own time, while you're present, rather than just turning over a smartphone to a 14-year-old and saying, okay, now remember, God's watching. You better behave yourself. I mean, give me a break. That, those levels of stupidity, I would hope, you know, would not be present in the lives of any parents. I'm probably wrong. Actually, I know I'm wrong. I, I, I know so many parents that just handed over the smartphone and, and hoped for the best, but that's really just being an ostrich. That's sticking your head in the sand. So <clears throat> we try to keep our kids from, you know, inappropriate content as much as possible. Uh, that's that's kind of one of the things that we we started with. Does that answer your question? Yeah. So this is really interesting because you and I are taking radically different approaches with with this subject. Um, but mm -hmm. I don't have boys. I have girls. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, somebody here commented and said, how would they finish their homework without Internet? Well, that is interesting because a lot of kids that are in school. Yeah, they probably almost it's almost a requirement for them to do their homework to have Internet access to do it. Sure. Now, keep in mind, we homeschool our kids and our kids do use the Internet. I didn't say they don't use it. I said it's monitored and right. it's done in the dining room with everyone else around. So there's not an there's not an issue. You see what I'm saying? OK, right. that's the difference. So <clears throat> we we have it set up so they do not have access to the things that we do not want them to have access to. So um, the pastor in our church is, is sitting at our house. He was just watching our, um, our children flip through channels on the TV in our house, which it's a, a, uh, Am uh, Amazon fire stick. Mm -hmm. And so the girls have access to YouTube and um, mm -hmm. Netflix and Disney Plus and whatever. The, pretty much, I mean, it's pretty much unfiltered ac access. The only thing right now that they haven't figured out how to do is clear their history. And so, um, and we have Covenant Eyes installed on 
all of our devices. So if there's if there was something that ever came up that was inappropriate, I would I would find out, and I see their history. Um, but we do have girls, not boys. Our oldest is seven, so we're in a different phase. But I have wondered what kind of a train wreck that we're headed headed toward. Um, and as well, you were as you were mentioning this a minute ago about it, if you're doing anything other than this, you've simply got your head in the sand. <laughs> I was well, sitting there thinking, thing, I wonder if the pastor of my church was concerned earlier when he sees my kids flipping through and being like, can I watch this or does it have a lot of witchcraft? <laughs> now, and keep in mind, Caleb, uh, we have Netflix. We have Disney Plus. OK, I I'm not saying that we don't have these things. Right. I'm not saying that the Internet's, Internet is not present in our lives. What I'm saying is that um, we don't even want our kids to be able to get on Netflix and just shuffle through all the programs just because of how licentious and sexually overly charged just the cover of the TV show or the or the uh, movie is. We don't even want them seeing, you know, seeing that. So we just keep it, you know, tight and we keep it locked down. That's you know, that's what we do. I'm not saying we are not the folks that are against technology. That's not who we are. You know, we use technology a lot. We're using it now. You know, that's where we get our entertainment from, you know, is through sources of technology. You know, we have no problems with that. Um, but we do have to figure out how to, you know, be as smart as we can. And, and, and the idea, okay, the idea is this. It, it's the idea of a liquor cabinet. Okay, why was there a liquor cabinet with a with a lock on it? Well, it's because sooner or later the kids were going to wonder what that stuff was, right? So you keep it locked. Now, we don't drink. We've had that discussion, you know, we don't drink at all. We don't have liquor in the house. But the idea, the principle there is still the same. Sooner or later, you were concerned that your kid's going to get curious and they're going to get into it. And they're going to drink and they're going to get drunk and they're going to hurt themselves. So what do you do? You lock the liquor cabinet. OK, that's that's really all we're talking about. We're not saying see. And now this is a terrible analogy because I want to say we're not saying get rid of the alcohol. And I'm in favor of that. I mean, you know, <laughs> but as far as the alcohol in the cabinet being analogous of the yeah 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 the the alcohol in the cabinet being analogous of the internet okay it needs to have a lock on it okay it just has to be monitored that's what i'm saying so <clears throat> uh with that the other thing is that uh we noticed i don't know i'm going to say pretty early on that our kids had lots of friends <clears throat> And some of those kids were female and they were the same age and kids, I, I always wanted my kids to be pretty naive. That's what I'm looking for. I'm thrilled if they are naive all the way up till their wedding night, that would be just fine by me. Okay. They don't need any experience. They'll figure it out. But the kids would play, <clears throat> they'd play football, they would wrestle, they'd play tag, they'd play all these different games that were games of physical contact. And they'd be doing it with girls and boys, you know, of the same age. And I had to sit the boys down and I had to explain to them, <clears throat> okay, there's some differences between girls and boys. And, and you, you guys are allowed to play games with your friends, but we have to understand that we're not allowed to, you know, uh, do certain things with the girls. We're not allowed to touch the girls like we are, you know, with the boys, you know, and we have to understand this. We have to understand their differences. We have to understand their limitations. 
And I addressed it just like that. I just sat down my three or four older boys and I said, okay, we have to have a talk. You know, this is how it goes. <clears throat> Had to talk a little bit, you know, about anatomy. And we just got into it so that there wasn't a stigma around it. So, and naturally, the, the conversation naturally progressed, right? It didn't just, you didn't, you weren't able to say your piece and, and there was no questions, right? There were a few questions, but keep in mind, we're still talking about, you know, my oldest is 13. I think we started that conversation when he was maybe 11, you know, maybe 10. So the older three were like eight, nine, and 10, you know, so they weren't, <clears throat> they weren't going through puberty. They weren't really looking at women and girls in a way where they had any, you know, uh, sexual thoughts or, or intense, it was still pretty young and naive, but I encouraged questions and I wanted my boys to be able to talk to me about these things. I think the worst thing you could do as a parent is do the, you know, uh, head in the sand thing just, well, uh, it'll just work its way out. I, I just trust Jesus. You know what trust in Jesus is a euphemism for? <clears throat> okay, it's it, it it's for being ignorant and woefully unprepared. Okay, that unfortunately, because what people what people do is they they're blaming Jesus for the future failures of their children because the parents are not willing to prepare and train right now. So they're just gonna trust Jesus. Okay, you know <clears throat> that is. It's terrible that Jesus gets blamed for all the failures of the of our children in the future. It's like I'm the parent. Okay, he gave them to me. I'm the one that needs to see what's coming down the road and tackle it ahead of time. <clears throat> so, well, absolutely, I want as many questions as possible, and I wanted it to be something where we talk about it. It's not some weird, strange, scary subject. Just Talk to your kids about it. Well, how? Well, <clears throat> I would suggest with your mouth, using words, preferably in the English language. There's no, there's no, it's going to be a somewhat awkward conversation. There's no way around it. So the best thing to do is to just jump in. Okay. Personally, I made a little list. Okay. Here are my notes. These are the topics I want to cover and make sure the kids understand. Okay. So that's what we went over. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> You know, I had that discussion with them. I've had the discussion a few more times, you know, with them talking about different things. Um, and it also comes up like, uh, hey, uh, dad, why don't we go to, you know, public pools? And why don't we go, you know, there are things that we don't do because I don't want my boys spending a lot of time around girls in bikinis. There, I said it. Okay, I'm proud of that fact. A lot of people roll their eyes and think that's old fashioned and silly. I don't. I think it is lustful images that none of us guys need to be around. And any of us guys that are trying to live a godly life, we spend <clears throat> at least a few minutes a day <clears throat> looking away from things that we don't want to see <clears throat> because it gets in the way of and it ruins our relationship with God. <clears throat> So my job as the parent is to protect my boys from those things. So there are things that we stay away from, okay? We just avoid certain things. Now, do we go swimming? Absolutely we do. We have friends that have a pool. Uh, you know, they have <clears throat> uh, daughters and young ladies that, uh, you know, are going to be there. And we talk about it before we go there and we make sure we're all on the same page. 
and you can do it and it can be appropriate and it can be something where it's not uncomfortable for anybody. Okay, so <clears throat> my job as a parent is to keep those lustful images out of view for my boys as much as possible. They're gonna run into it because we live in the world, <clears throat> but then we can talk about it. Just like when they run into someone who is uh, drunk and acting like a fool, okay, that's gonna happen from time to time. And okay, great, we can talk about it. But we even do that in public where, <clears throat> you know, after we leave the store, you know, we'll say, wow, you know, did you see what that girl was wearing? And we'll talk you about it. After you leave the store or while you're in the store? No, no, no. While we're in the store, I want all the kids just pointing and laughing and, and hitting each other and screaming, you know, <clears throat> um, uh, uh, cries of Christian judgment against the woman. But when we leave, we have a civil and tactful discussion about it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, it. so you're going to run into those things. You're going to run into things that are inappropriate and we're going to talk about it. OK, and that's that's great. That's the best way to do it. Uh, but I'm not going to try to get my kids around more of that junk than they need to be around. So I am a uh, product of what sounds like you're raising. Mm -hmm. um, my parents hoped that we would be naive and that we would discover everything on our wedding night. Um, mm -hmm. The difference between them and what you're doing is I, I would say that uh, you're being a little more proactive about it, specifically since you have as many boys as you do. I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. um, I have 100% confidence that that neither you or I will probably do everything right. And we're going to do an sure. experiment in how to raise kids. And you get to the end of the thing and you always are going to wonder if you could have done it better or different. And obviously we're living in a fallen world. So um, the... The idea that you can raise kids sheltered enough that they're not exposed to it or that they're not thinking or wanting to explore explore um, themselves or or find out about the human anatomy, that is the most ridiculous thought process that you could ever think. It's just it's engraved in us as human beings. It's going to happen. It's it's just like how soon does it happen? And I think kind of kicking that ball down the road as far as you can. There's nothing wrong with that. If you can put it off a little longer rather than exposing it to to them earlier than they need to be, then then maybe they can spend more time as an innocent child without without focusing on it. But it's it is inevitable that is going to come up and they're gonna learn it from somewhere. Either they're gonna learn it from you or from Pornhub or wherever they find it. And so and, I think and don't forget any place they learn it other than you from the radio or the television or the uh, computer monitor, it's gonna be worse than any way you introduce it. It's gonna be way worse. So that's why for parents, it's like, just get involved. You can't mess right. it up any worse than if their friends introduce them to it. So anyways, I, I learned, and actually we were just last night, we were, um, with some people that are, um, I would say in a pretty sheltered environment um, and eating in their home. And I was thinking about it because they, you know, no TV, no internet access for the kids, uh, no smartphones. And yet their children have found ways to sneak internet access somehow. They, um, 
a couple of their sons have left home and, and while they were living at home, they ended up, um, you know, downloading movies, smoking, drinking, uh, you know, they get devices from their friends. Somebody will get, get them an iPod, an iPod that has Wi-Fi access or, you know, so, some way kids are going to find a way. Once they get into their teenage, teenage years, they're devious creatures. <laughs> I had a laptop that I was able to climb up on the roof of my dad's shop with when I was a kid and get pirate internet off of some neighbor's Wi-Fi. Well, it was like a campground that was like a half a mile away. Um, so the kids are going to find a way to get internet access and they're going to end up on there. And so I think doing what you're doing where they have monitored access and they can get used to um, having a filter of, of some sort where, where, they're, where they're using it, but using their conscience while they're at it. I'm actually more in favor of that than limiting access because as soon as you have, once you have here, say three years from now, when you have 16 year old in the house, you're still going to have seven-year-olds, nine-year-olds, but they're also going to have an older sibling that's 16 years old that has found ways to get around whatever limitations are there. And they're going to be smuggling stuff home for the kids. I mean, that's just how it works. Older siblings expose their younger siblings to stuff. So eventually that it might work with the older kids, but the younger kids is going to be harder and harder to control it that way. Mm-hmm. So my, um, and I'm, like I said, I'm very well could be going about this completely wrong. But after growing up in a sheltered home and seeing how kids find their way around those types of things, my goal with it was rather than trying to keep my children from it, they have had smartphones. My my kids have had, um, well, one of them had a smartphone with a with a data plan on it for a while, but most um, most of the time it's just they can only get on with Wi-Fi, um, like our old smartphones. My my wife or my old phones will let them use them, and on occasion, there's been something that they would search for that was, um, oh, what I say, not nothing of a of a sexual nature or anything like that that we've come across yet. But there were were things that they were searching for that we had specifically instructed them: do not, you know, I don't want you watching stuff that has witchcraft in it. Don't watch stuff that has magic in it. You know, we tried to kind of give them some things that kids are going to stumble across. So that when they stumble across it online, that they start using their exercise their conscience and that they have. A reason not to want to watch certain things online um and i'm hoping that by by them having access and and having a biblical worldview my my priority has never been keep it from them but allow them to educate them on the fact that it exists that there is evil in the world and it does exist and and try to put the effort into spending time in the word with them and and having them have a biblical worldview where they would understand or have a reason why at least the most, you know, uh, abhorrent things that are easy for them to understand at this age that it's right, right or wrong, that they would choose to to start exercising their uh, their idea of right and wrong, their their conscience, and, and using that rather than just not doing it because they're kept in a pen and not allowed to get to it. So that's why I say we're kind of taking opposite approaches. We're really not taking opposite approaches. I didn't have internet. We weren't allowed to have internet in the home you're allowing your children to have internet, but it has to be in the living room where, where there's access to it. So it's, I, I think, I honestly think that you've probably got a pretty well-balanced approach and I'm probably in the other gutter. My parents, my parents were first generation Christians, extremely careful. And now I've probably gone to the other extreme where I'm like, all right, they're going to eventually find out about it. They might as well find out about it while they're still at an age that they'll listen to me in the home and I can help walk them through, you know, stumbling upon this or that and, and, and using their conscience. But, um, 
they are my kids are girls not boys if i had a seven-year-old boy i'd probably be a lot more worried about that than i would with the girls just because naturally guys are more visually driven and, and are going to be more curious about the female body than girls are the other way around it's just not the same so uh i'm not sure if you kept up with the comments or not but um what is no <clears throat> I would say we've pretty much covered the whole electronic issue and the sexualized mm -hmm. uh, society. Um, since I got, since I got on the topic of of um, trying to give them the, a biblical worldview, what is the most important thing for your children? Do you think that you're doing as a dad? Do you think it's taking them to church, um, or what? What would you? Is it your Bible study time in the home? What is it that you feel like is the most um, important way that you're imparting a biblical worldview to your children at this age? Well, <clears throat> I think there's a couple. So, um, number one, you know, uh, we, we get up and we read the Bible and pray together in the mornings. And I do that with all the kids that, you know, can read. So we do that every morning. And I honestly, you kind of wonder like, man, is any of this getting in? Are they remembering any of this? Are they learning anything? To some degree, that doesn't matter. Okay. You, you can't affect that. What you can affect is that they see that their dad consistently does this. I want my kids to be able to say when they get older, I can't remember a time when dad didn't get up in the morning and make some coffee and sit down and read the Bible with us and pray with us. That's just something we did. We did it all the time. It wasn't weird. Okay, that's just what we did. So <clears throat> I want that to be a habit, just like the habit of making your bed and brushing your teeth is a habit, because I'm hoping that that is going to stay with them when they get older, when they leave the house. The same thing about going to church. We, we do a home church. So we meet in our home on Friday nights and I have the older kids there with us. And again, how much do they learn? How much do they retain? I don't know. But I do want them to see that it's something that's important to their mother and I. <clears throat> and I'm hoping that they take that with them. For the kids, they're getting to the age now where I want to start having the kids read the Bible on their own, pray on their own. And I want them to, uh, I want to be able to inspect that. So the, you've heard the term trust, but verify, right? It, it's not what you expect of your kids. It's what you inspect. So for us, I want my kids to start reading the Bible on their own and doing somewhat of say a book report. So I know that they're reading it and that they are learning something about it. I want them to start <clears throat> praying and keeping a journal so that they can start seeing, hey, I'm praying for these things every day. And lo and behold, uh, God has given them to us. God's answering prayers. And I just want them to get into the habit because what's going to take off is when, uh, when prayer is going to take off in their life is when God starts answering them and they see that. And then all of a sudden they see that the relationship with God is real and it's for them. 
It's not this thing that's dad's, it's theirs personally. And the whole idea behind Christianity is to raise your kids in the, you know, admonition of the Lord, right? The fear and admonition of the Lord, train them up the way that uh, the Bible tells us that they should go. But we want them to take our convictions and make them their own. So that's the spot that I'm at now with my kids is trying to transition over to, okay, it's time for you to read the Bible on your own. It's time for you to pray on your own. I want you guys to spend some time with God and I want you to feel like God is listening to you and I want you to feel like God is uh, speaking to you. And the only way they're gonna do that is by repetition. They're just going to have to do it themselves. And I trust that God is going to speak to them. But, you know, that's kind of the thing. Uh, that's the next step for me. Um, my kids know more about the Bible than most kids I know their age because I've run into a lot of Christian parents that don't read the Bible with their kids, you know. And that's honestly what I have with my kids is nothing special. It's what you're going to get if you put in the time. That's all it is. So if you're willing to put in 30 minutes every morning with your kids, well, guess what? You know, they're going to leave the house knowing the Bible pretty well. So, you know, that's that's really uh, all it is there. Does that answer the your question or give you any yeah. thoughts? I, I have a ton of respect for you for the way you're doing that. I think our video uh, stream somehow got messed up here. I'm not sure. Hopefully the audio is still coming through, but it looks like on, on my end on Facebook here, it looks like we've just got a green screen for both of us. So sorry about That's that, okay. guys. Hopefully it uh, loads back up. Hopefully the audio is coming through. No, I, I have a ton of respect for you for the dedication that you're putting into that with your with your children. And I'm certainly not starting my days off with the, with the kids the same way that you are. We try to have prayer time before bed every night and story time, and, mm -hmm. and that try, we try to keep that revolving around. You know, if I'm at least if I'm the one telling the Bible, telling a story, it's a Bible story. If the girls are telling a story, it, it might not be. Um, oftentimes my, my kids would come to me and they want me to, to read them, you know, read to them from the Bible. And as things come mm -hmm. up during the day, if there's something that comes up where I explain something, you know, a biblical concept or something that happened, a story. Okay. We just lost Caleb. So I don't know what happened there. He might've bumped his phone or turned something off, but don't worry. I'm still here with you. Uh, and we do have you folks telling us that you can see us and hear us just fine. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what I think is one of the most important things when raising your kids. <clears throat> I've had people ask me about this before, and my I start off everyone with a question. And that question is, what are you looking to produce? What's your goal? Can you list for me your goals? Now, a lot of times this question comes up when we're dealing with, uh, say, homeschooling, because we'll have a lot of folks asking us about homeschooling, especially, geez, in this last year when everything started falling apart with the whole COVID thing and everyone's in a panic to homeschool their kids. And they're calling my wife and I because we've been homeschooling the kids for, I don't know, like, you know, 10 years now, you know, all of them. So we get asked that question and I always ask everybody to start off, what are your goals? And most people say, well, I don't know. Okay, well, that, here's the thing. If you don't know where you're going, then any train will get you there. So guess what? You wanna know how to raise boys? 
What are your goals? What do you want from your boys? Because if you don't know that, then any train will get you there. You have to have clear goals and then you can plan on how to achieve that. So for us, my wife and I were very serious about a handful of things. We wanted our kids to have a very strong work ethic, more than, I don't want to say anything, but we wanted that to be up there because we knew if they were had a strong work ethic, they would turn out all right. They would at least be able to provide for themselves and their families. We wanted our kids to know and love God. That was paramount. If they believe there is a God and that he listens to prayer and he loves them and they know they're saved and they can rely on God, then they're going to do okay. We wanted our kids to be honest. Okay? We, we, had the, we wanted our kids to have some skills that were going to be equitable in the world. So because these were our top priorities, these were the things that were the most important to us, we said, okay, well, what are we not doing that we should be doing? And really, I hate to tell you, that's the reason that me and my kids started waking up early and reading the Bible together. We started doing that because godliness was a very important thing. And we didn't feel like we were doing enough to produce the, uh, the, the quality of character that we wanted in our children concerning God. So we said, okay, we got to change some stuff. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to start out by reading the Bible with them and praying with them every morning. And we're going to start going that direction. So Caleb, I don't know if you heard all that. My main point was you need to have goals and you need to understand what you're looking for. Because if you don't know what you want from your boys, how do you raise good boys? Well, what do you want? Okay, for me, <clears throat> I wanted my boys to be masculine. I didn't want them to be effeminate. I wanted them to be tough. I wanted them to be strong. I wanted them to be masculine. And masculine is not a bad word. It is used as a curse word today in society, and that's nonsense. That's spoken of by stupid people. Okay, masculinity is a good thing. Okay, a masculine man knows his role as a husband and as a father. He is there to protect, he is there to provide, he is there to take care of. Okay, he is there to make sure that his wife and his children feel safe. So, what do I do with my kids? We do masculine things, okay? My kids and I, we go hunting, we shoot guns, okay? We kill and skin and gut and butcher and eat animals, okay? We do that here on the farm, we do that out in the woods, okay? <clears throat> My kids wrestle, they box, they know army combatives and various MMA styles. And I bought headgear and mouth guards and wrestling mats and boxing gloves. And we put those on the kids and we let the kids go at it. All of my boys have been punched square in the face as hard as they could by one of their brothers. And they've done that under the supervision of dad while they are boxing and while they're wrestling. And you know what they learned? I can fight through it. Okay, my right. eyes water a little. My nose might start bleeding. But guess what? The fight's not over. I can still get in there and I can defend myself. And I'll tell you what, one of the, one of the problems with American men nowadays is far too many of you have never been punched square in the face. 
that's a problem. I can see you start. I can see you starting a new ministry. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So we have a few questions here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bring them up. Go ahead. Oh yeah, Chris was wondering uh, as far as books. What do you let your kids mm -hmm. uh, read as far as books? Uh, also, how do you teach financial responsibility? That was something you brought up. And okay. then somebody else, Josh Collingwood here, asked if your kids already have beards. Um, <laughs> Okay. They're 13. So yeah, it's good. yeah, good one. Josh. <clears throat> okay. So um okay, so as far as books, for me, uh the short answer is I'll take whatever I can get with the kids reading, which unfortunately a lot of it is comics, like Garfield comics or Calvin and Hobbes, or you know, I mean, they like, you know, like Sunday morning comic book kind of stuff. And and for me, if they're reading, I'm happy. With that being said, they have a lot of reading for school. So we give them all kinds of stuff. As much, as many hero stories as I can, you know, I love stories about um, strong men that can inspire them and groups that are, you know, inspiring. With that, everything they read is, you know, pretty much PG. I mean, there's really nothing that I've run across that's inappropriate. You know, my wife stays on that. Um, I like uh, stories about military. I like stories about the FBI and the CIA and stories about firemen and stories about men surviving, being stranded in the woods on a glacier, yada, yada, yada. You know, those, those things are always, you know, they're great. And they, I think they spark adventure. Uh, as far as finances, <clears throat> okay, so we do not give allowance ever. Allowance does not exist at our house. Uh, you work around the house and around the farm because you're part of the family and the family is a unit and we take care of each other and we all have a job. So the kids do a lot of work and I mean a lot of work around the farm, cleaning the house, preparing meals, taking out the garbage, all kinds of stuff. My kids come to work with me. So I have my four older boys come to work with me and I pay them, uh, I think I pay them $10 a day for the younger ones <clears throat> and the older ones, I pay $15 a day. And keep in mind, I mean, none of my kids are old enough to, you know, set up a 32 foot extension ladder. They're not <clears throat> old enough and big enough and strong enough to run a skill saw. You know, there's still a lot of stuff that's too heavy for them and too dangerous. But my kids know the names of every tool on my truck. They know where they are. They know how they work. You know, they, um, they are able to clean up after every job and put every tool and every part away. They're learning how to fix boilers and furnaces and hot water heaters and, you know, replace ceiling fans and all this stuff. They do a great job. <clears throat> and when they get paid, they have to do, they put their money in three areas. So number one, they have to tithe. Okay. Uh, every dollar that my kids get, they put 10 cents away and they give that to God. Number two, they take the remaining amount of money and they split it up into two spots, savings and spending. Their savings, they are not allowed to use for anything unless dad says it's okay. So usually we allow them to use their savings for investment. Now, my kids have invested in everything from Bitcoin to pigs, okay? And they will use their money and invest it to try to grow it. So we'll let them... Uh, use their savings to buy a pig, fatten up the pig, sell the pig, and make a profit. 
And we'll let them do that with lots of things. We want them to see that you need seed money to start a business, okay? Um, and then the spending, they can spend on whatever they want. Now, the one thing that I would always do, because when you start that, you got to understand if your kid gets $3 in their pocket and you say they can spend it, it's going to be gone in five minutes. Okay. They're going to find the closest thing they can spend it on. And that's going to be, you know, a pack of bubble gum and two chocolate milks. And there's, I mean, they are spending it. So what I found the best thing to do is as soon as your kid wastes all their money on something, get out a magazine and show them what they could have bought if they just saved up their money for a little while. Okay, so you show them something that's worth $20 and, and you talk it up like, wow, wouldn't that be fun? I'm like, hey, where's your money? Oh, I just spent it all. Well, where, wh what'd you spend it on? Well, it's already gone. You know, I spent it on a, a bottle of Coke and a pack of bubble gum and I gave it all my friends and it's gone. Okay, well, there you go. You know, if you want, though, you can you can start saving up that spending money. And if you save it up for four days, now you'll have enough to get this. And this is a toy that you can play with for the rest of your life. So I would always do that, you know. And um, so rather than lecturing them about, you know, what they should do with their money, I would just try to guilt them into realizing that they <laughs> made a terribly shameful purchase and it's all gone and they should have saved up for something even better. And they're starting to do that. They save up now for pocket knives. They save up to buy airsoft guns. They save up to buy. They save up to buy fun stuff that they want, rather than just garbage that they're, you know, that's going to be gone pretty quick. So, no allowance. Make them work. Pay them uh, a decent wage for, you know, for what they're worth. Teach them they have to tithe. Teach them they have to save. They can invest, and then they're going to, you know, spend their money. But even then, teach them that saving up the money that they're allowed to spend you can get better things that'll last longer. So that's kind of everything that we're doing as far as money. Other than that, the other thing I'll tell you, my kids hear about money a lot. We talk about money a lot. My wife and I talk about investments we have. We talk about the mortgage. We talk about our rental properties. We, we talk about different things and we talk about uh, what about if we did this project and if we did it, what would the return be and would it be worth investing this much in order to make it? So they hear us talk about these things a lot and they ask us questions and we bring them into the conversation as if they're adults. Let me say one more thing, Caleb, and I'll turn it back over to you for some questions. Um, treat your boys like men as soon as possible and as often as possible. Okay. You, you cannot just think that they're going to turn 16 or 17 or 18 years old and turn into an adult. That's not how it happens. You need to treat them like adults as often as possible. Give them responsibility. My 13 and 12 year olds drive my tractor around the farm. They know where the keys are. They know how to start it and warm it up. And they know how to uh, inflate the tires and get the compressor out. They know, they know how to do all these things. And they do it when their mom needs something moved around the farm. Anytime we are carrying guns to and from the safe to the car or wherever, I never do it. I give my kids loaded guns and have them carry them out and put them in the truck the way that I've taught them. And I watch them do it. And keep in mind, I'm not just handing out loaded guns to every kid in my house. They've received training. But you should see the look on their face when I tell them 
to do this or that. And I'm giving them tasks that you would normally only give to a man. And they feel like a man and they want that feeling more often. The worst thing you can do is try to get your kids used to adolescence. They don't have to work. They can be lazy. They can hang around the house. They can play video games. They get an allowance for doing uh, nothing. That is the worst thing you can do for your kids. Okay. You need to make them you need to give them that feeling that every man gets when they work hard and they sweat after digging a ditch or chopping down a tree with an ax, you know, or dragging a bunch of heavy stuff around the farm. It is that feeling that is that they are going to want more of. Okay. And that's what you got to push them to. You got to push them into uh, wanting that feeling and, and, and going after it. Okay. So treat them like men, do it as often as you can, do it as soon as you can. Okay, Caleb, go ahead. What other questions we got? Did I answer anything? No, I think that's good. So we've got uh, a few minutes left here, and there's several questions here about your daughter. People okay. are wondering how you're raising her. Is uh -huh. she feeling left out because you're doing all these boy activities with the boys? Are, is she at the Bible studies in the morning? Uh, there's mm -hmm. several questions here. So, uh, okay. So, speak on that real... a little bit. And I also thought I should mention for some of these questions, we did a episode i don't remember what it was called but it was on raising children or on parenting sure. mm -hmm. so there's some of these so look back and find that on yeah and you can go back okay so short answer is no my daughter's not doing the bible study with us mostly because of her age and her ability to read which she is just starting out reading i think she is seven so she is reading she's doing pretty well but she's not nearly you know, there to open up the King James Bible and start reading and follow along, following along with us. Um, I think next year I'm going to have her start doing that. When she's eight, we'll buy her a Bible and we'll, we'll start doing that with her. Uh, as far as feeling left out, no, uh, I sure don't think so because my wife has someone that she hangs out with and does all these fun things with, and that's my daughter. So my daughter you know, is around my wife and she's learning uh, all the skills of being a young lady. Um, again, there are several things I want my daughter to learn. She is just, she's a tiny little thing and she, and she's not old enough. She's not old enough or strong enough and neither are some of my boys. So, you know, so she's not tall enough or heavy enough to drive the tractor. Um, I have to, you, you know, had her out shooting, um, still, even the smaller pistols are too heavy for her. Same with the rifles. You know, I could start her on a bench rest position and get her shooting the rifles, but um, she's, you know, still pretty young and doesn't like, you know, that yet. Although she's going to get into it. Believe me, you're going to see plenty of videos as she gets older. She's going to know how to defend herself, uh, you know, with an AR and an AK-47 and shotguns and, you know, RPGs and whatever else I can, I can find. Um, but no, um, my wife spends the time with my daughter and is training her to be, you know, a young lady, which I appreciate. And my daughter loves it. My daughter loves feminine things and I'm thrilled that she does. You know, I never wanted my daughter to be a man. I never wanted my, my boys to be little girls. Well, that's good. I, I am quite confident that I'm going to get to the end of raising my children and find that uh, that I did a lot of things wrong but I've kind of prioritized um, with with our girls and of course my, some of my some of the things that I hear you talking about doing with your boys are some of the same things that my daughters do with me um, 
but I don't have any boys yet. Mm -hmm. So they, uh, they go out and shoot. And if I'm working on a project, they'll be there with me. The other day they were stoking a fire, dragging trash as I was tearing apart a construction project. They're dragging uh, trash over and stoking a fire with it. Um, and they, they just love doing that kind of stuff. They always want to go with me. Um, but I've kind of prioritized it and, and I tried to say if I, if I do wrong, what, or, or if I, if I find out that it was a, I was a real failure as a parent, what are some things that I wouldn't want to fail at? And it sounds to me like you've got your priorities, right? You're trying to set an example where your boys see, see you working as a man, um, setting a, a godly role model for them where you're studying God's word including them in it you're not just abandoning them to to their own devices in front of a, a tv or uh, whatever teaching them socialism by giving them a, a uh, allowance so it sounds like, sounds like you're on the right track i would i would say that uh, if you were um if if uh if i was picking from parents i wouldn't mind there's some some people that i told my wife before man i'd hate i'd hate to be his kid yeah, it sounds to me like you got things going right. I, I, I would, I would have to say, it sounds like wouldn't be a bad house to grow up in. Um, uh, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they turn out. Um, I have, I have quite a few friends that I have seen on the other end of parenting, and the, and the, the funny thing is, is that oftentimes kids, no matter how good you do with them, when they get into their teenage years, their early twenties, um, they. It is God's design that they're going to have a mind of their own. They want to be independent and go off on their own and do their own thing. And uh, rebellion is just kind of a natural, it's a natural part of, of the, the process for a lot of, a lot of children when they get into that age range. So I've seen a lot of kids where I really felt like the parents did everything perfect. And then yet the kids still go the opposite direction, at least for a period of time. And, and oftentimes um, you'll see them come back around over time, but you can't determine your children's destiny you can't control their the outcome for them they're, they're going to be a, a free a free spirit to do what they want but there's some things you can impart to them that they will never forget no matter how how off the rails they may go with their life so i i think that uh i think that that to me is, is one of the things where i feel like i can't really control how my children turn out but in the meantime while i do have while, while they're under my roof while i have the responsibility um, you know, you, you want to try to, you want to be, uh, be there for them, set the example that you want them to, to walk in. And, and that's the biggest thing is I don't want them to, I don't want them to see me telling them to live a, a life that's different than the one that I'm living for myself. Um, I, I'd rather, I'd rather preach Jesus with my life to them rather than teaching, teaching them how they should live. But then they, they grow up and they're like, well, dad never lived what he preached, so to speak. Uh, because I feel like there's more taught than taught, so to speak. Um, so, anyways, hopefully, hopefully, when your your kids get to the end of their life, whether their Bitcoin investments turn out great or not, there there'll be there'll be men that know how to work. I guess your Bitcoin thing is working pretty well for you. So far, it's working real well. Cryptocurrency across the board. Uh, there, there's a good chance uh, that if cryptocurrencies continue their upward trajectory, and even you know, we're really hoping that 2021 will be a big year. There's a good chance that I'm going to have to shed, you know, uh, friends like Caleb for a higher, richer class of of friends. So this podcast might come to an end pretty quick unless Caleb really gets on the stick and you know ups his adjusted gross income. <laughs> I have Bitcoin. I've been. I actually have been investing in Bitcoin longer than you have. 
<laughs> I only have twenty dollars in Bitcoin though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, well, I won't say guy. how much you have in there, but <laughs> yeah. you're definitely your and, kids and, have a decent amount. Well, no, I mean, keep in mind, they'd come to me with 20 bucks at a time. I mean, I don't want to tell them that their investment has tripled or quadrupled because they started, you know, way back when the value was very low, you know, but um, for them, they are putting money into it. And, um, you know, I'm excited to, to show them where they're at. I'm kind of hoping that they're just going to forget about it. You know, because that's the uh, that's the best way to invest in anything. I don't know if you've ever heard of comatose investments. So the greatest thing you can do is take a large sum of money and spread it out into various investments and then go into a coma and wake up 40 years later and you'll be rich. So <laughs> that's the uh, the most uh, successful way to invest everywhere. Uh, rather than constantly playing with it. What you find from everyone who has a net worth of a million dollars or more, they tell you that they don't move stuff around a whole lot. <clears throat> when they see something good, they put their money into it and then they forget about it. And then they come back and it's worth a bunch. But either way, the, uh, the other thing um, I want to say is uh, uh, don't forget to love your kids, okay? You need a lot of smiles and laughter around your house. If your kids believe that you love them and they feel comfortable, you know, talking to you, uh, if, if, if your kids know you love them, it will cover up a multitude of mistakes. You gotta love them. Uh, you, they gotta know that you love them. They gotta be sick of getting hugs and kisses from you and being told, uh, uh, by mom and dad every day that you love them. And, uh, and you can tell, uh, so, like I said, you want lots of smiles, lots of laughter in your house. And if you have that, um, I, th I think your kids have a good chance of, of turning out okay. That's all I got. Well, I'm always, uh, as I said on our other podcast about raising children, I've always been impressed with your kids. Uh, I think you're doing doing great. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch the next 10 years. That's <laughs> going to be the, the, the fun years. But um Anyways, it would be it would be cool. I was just thinking it'd be cool to sometime do a a whole episode on investing and and teaching children financial responsibility from an early age. Sure. Um, at I, some point, I got, or, yeah. Let's. So I'll add it to the list. I think that's a great one because honestly, you know, money is uh, is one of the five biggest reasons for divorce amongst worldly people and amongst Christians. And the fact is you know, we should talk about it and we should get into, you know, the proper things to do and proper things to avoid and what the Bible says about it. Um, I think that would be a great topic. We could probably go a couple weeks on that, you know, if we wanted to talk about finance. And I'll tell you this, Caleb and I are two wildly outside of the box guys. If you knew about my lifestyle and Caleb's lifestyle and what we've done with our money, I mean, you are you are getting the one out of a thousand and the number two out of a thousand, uh, you know, opinions on on what to do with your money. You really are. I mean, Caleb and I, I, I will oftentimes tell people stories about Caleb and his life and where he is financially and what he does for a living um, just to remind people that there are different ways of doing it. 
you know, and I'm sure Caleb, you know, knowing me could probably tell you the same that my lifestyle and the way I handle my finances is pretty different, you know, from most people. Uh, so it would be interesting. I think Caleb, I think that's yeah. a, I think that's a great idea. I'm going to write that one down right now. All right. Well, I'm not sure if there's much more that we need to get on, but I uh, enjoyed it. And uh, maybe yeah. you know, a year from now, once I'm a boy dad, I'll have, I'll have some insight on this. I'll at least well, know how to change a boy's I diaper. Gonna, I was going to say a year into it. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how much hand to hand combat and tractor driving you're going to be doing with them, but <laughs> let's say at five years, you're going to have your hands full because you're going to have a whole new set of toys in the house and clothes. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully clothes too. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's good. Unless you have anything, any closing comments you want to get in? No, I I think that should be good. Um, one one thing that I noticed, I listen to my podcast on Google Play. So if, mm -hmm. I'm not sure how many of you guys are listening to us on Google, but Google has a new app um, because the Google Play Music app is getting phased out. So the Google uh, podcasts are now on a Google podcast app. You have to download a separate app for that. Uh, we are still on iTunes, uh, iHeartRadio. I'm not sure where all else. Uh, but if you are listening to us on Google, uh, you'll need to download the Google podcast app. And our podcasts are still live and well on Google. Uh, but they will no longer be on um, the Google Play Music app is getting phased out and replaced by uh, YouTube music, I guess now. And the podcasts went over to Google Podcasts. So anyways, I just thought I'd let you guys know that if you are on Google Podcasts listening to us, uh, we are still going to be there, but uh, that app is going away. You'll still find us other places. Thanks, Patrick. Have a good evening. Enjoyed it. I appreciate it, man. I enjoyed it as well. We'll see you guys next week when we talk about something different i have no idea what we're doing maybe i'll get an event we'll try, we'll try to figure it out at least five yeah. minutes before the podcast next week yeah if you're lucky 10 minutes all right have a good week everybody love you caleb bye-bye all right talk to you later